Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Welcome to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Welcome to the show, made possible by our friends at Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Today, we're joined by a rising supercars star. Thomas Randall started in karts, surged into open-wheel racing to win the Aussie Formula Ford title in 2014. He was runner-up in the Formula Ford Championship and had a competitive stint in Europe before returning to race the Super 2 Series in 2018. But that is where the 25-year-old Melbourneian's journey took an unexpected detour. Today's Bathurst 1000 will be Tom's third as a co-driver. His time on Mount Panorama bookended by a cancer battle that he's had to fight since the end of 2019 to the start of this year. Tom, a big hello and welcome. It's a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for having me. Great Great to be here. Young blokes can think they're bulletproof. Now, young blokes who happen to be racing drivers think they're indestructible. Were you one of those? Absolutely, yeah. And I, look, I probably still am, but that's kind of the mentality you've got to have as a racing driver that you've got to think that uh, n- nothing bad can happen to you. Otherwise, you normally aren't traveling at, at the speed you should be. So that's, yeah, we, we sort of take that mentality off track as well, which probably probably isn't such a good thing. Yeah, so I was I was thinking about it. I reckon most of us would be scared, definitely scared, of tearing around Bathurst at three hundred odd kilometres an hour. But the doctor, I reckon, would be scarier for some members of the grid, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean it's um, it's full on. Like it's it's nothing that you've probably ever experienced, or you can experience anywhere else. I mean it's uh, three hundred k's down to the chase, and then the speeds that we're carrying up over the top of the mountain. It was, I mean, cor- cornering over 200 k's an hour with the concrete walls next to you it's 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 a thrill <laughs> so um but yeah that's i'm very very fortunate to be in that position where i i get to race the Bathurst 1000 and as you said before this will be my my third one yeah so thomas take us back to 2019 it's the final round of the season, it's on the Newcastle Street circuit. You're in the second tier, Super 2. You're on the track, and you cop one, as they say, right where it hurts most, don't you? Yeah, well, that's one thing about, for us for us gentlemen drivers, um, we're strapped in, or everyone's strapped in like a five-point harness, and sometimes it can uh, yeah, grab onto something uh, down below. And, uh, yeah, it was quite painful, and... Um, the pain normally goes away, but but it, but it hadn't this time, and and I uh, sort of left it for about four to five weeks, and then it just yeah it just didn't feel quite right, and I just had this gut feeling, and uh, that's when I 
went in and saw my GP and it wasn't long after that that they suspected that, yeah, I had uh, testicular cancer. So that, that all came about very quickly and it was it was a big, big, big shock and, yeah, it sort of at the time turned my world upside down. But it's, it's pretty cool to think, you know, 15 months on from that, uh, or well, now it's nearly, nearly two years actually, <laughs> that I'm back lining up on the grid uh, for Bathurst. Oh, that's amazing. So how long do you reckon it was, Thomas, before you saw the GP? From that moment at Newcastle to actually going in to see the doc, was it, was it six weeks or thereabouts? Yeah, it was about five to six weeks, yeah. But in actual fact, that's, that's quite a short time. As, as what my GP said, some people they say can leave it up to six, when they first notice a problem, they can leave it up to six months, 12 months, sometimes even one and a half years because they, they just think it's going to get better and yeah. that, you know, cancer couldn't possibly happen to them when, and that's, to be fair, that's what I thought and it turned out that that was the case. And, and that's, that's kind of the message that I've been trying to uh, send out to, to all, all guys and, and, and women that if you feel like something's not quite right, you're best to just go and get it checked out because it, a, a trip to the GP could save your life. Yeah, and I think we all deep down have that mentality, don't we, that it, it won't happen to me. And, and did you do what we're all probably guilty of as well, Thomas, in that five- to six-week period uh, of consulting the other doctor, the do- Dr. Google? <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, it's funny. Normally, whenever we, we consult Dr. Google for any, any medical issue, the first thing it says is that... <laughs> It actually comes up normally saying you have cancer and you think, oh, yeah, that's, that's just classic Dr. Google. And, and this time it was, uh, funny enough, it was, it was right. So, um, yeah, it's probably not a good thing to always consolidate Dr. Google, but um, the best thing you can do is, is go and see your, your GP and, and they'll lead you in the right direction. So as you said, that harness, it's, uh, it's got the crutch strap, if you like. It's not exactly the, the seatbelt uh, you put uh, across your chest to go get some milk from the supermarket. So you, you caught one there. You think it's incidental. When you go to the GP, what actually happened from there, Thomas? And um, how quickly did you get the, the diagnosis that, we, you know, that we're, we'd all be horrified by? Uh, it, was, it was pretty quick. Once, once they sort of had a look, they, they said the next, the next step was to go get an ultrasound and then and then get get the ultrasound done, and then it's pretty much instantly after that is when they they suspected what it was, and I mean they don't officially know until they they take a sample, um, which is requires surgery, and and that's when they can officially diagnose it from the pathology report. Um, so that was probably yeah not not two, that was probably two weeks two weeks after the initial. Um, diagnosis i guess so it was all all happened relatively quickly and then it was it was actually it wasn't until december later that year so nearly well 11 months on that that's when i did my second operation and also chemotherapy so when you are told i mean how does a gp deliver news like that thomas that's a good question i I don't know (laughs) you probably asked one of them but it's it's I guess they've just got to be straight to the point. And, um, you know, they, they showed me the report and they just said, look, this is what, this is what's going on with you. And we believe that you have, yeah, you have cancer. And I guess to cop that look, you know, you're, you're looking down the barrel of your GP's eyes and they're looking at you and telling you that you're the one that has it. 
it's um, yeah, it's probably one of the toughest sentences I've ever had to hear. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you can even put into words how how hard that was to hear. Uh, yeah, <laughs> about that hard. <laughs> not not something that I, I'd wish upon anyone else. Mm. And and I suppose as a young man who'd never had any of these issues prior, I'm not sure if you had any loved ones go through it. I mean, you'd been incredibly naive as to what it all means, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, now I, I've got so much more knowledge on on that, you know, on that particular cancer. And I guess that's another thing is that, I mean, it's it's natural to panic when you first hear about it and, and think the worst. But once you do a bit of research on it, uh, I mean, I'm the kind of guy that likes to be in control on the racetrack, so I want to, I know I want to be in control of my body. So I tried to be in control of as much stuff as I could, and yeah, once I sort of, once myself and my my family did a bit more research on it, and we sort of got led down the right paths and and guided in the right direction, uh, we certainly felt more at ease knowing that it's one of the most curable cancers. So I was. Very lucky in that regard, and I, and I feel very lucky uh, every day. Yeah. Who who did you tell first? Well, my parents are with me, so they 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 um they, they knew the news at the same time I did. Yeah, yeah. I imagine that's well difficult and and sort of comforting at the same time to have them there. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they were in my corner from well, they've been in my corner since uh, since day dot, and they yeah stuck by my side through that process and yeah I couldn't have couldn't have got through it without them you're listening to this is your journey and it's all thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals a family-owned business since 1934 next Thomas Randall goes from life in the fast lane to life in the trenches and the fight of his life you're listening to this is your journey with Sam Edmund for Tobin Brothers Funerals visit tobinbrothers.com.au Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Hello, great to have your company on This Is Your Journey, and it's made possible by Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. We're chatting with the blossoming supercar star and the cancer survivor, Thomas Randall. So, Thomas, these are enormously challenging times, of course, and you undergo surgery. And amazingly for some, perhaps, you're cleared to race on the opening weekend of 2020 on the streets of Adelaide, again in the Super 2 Championship, this was magnificent. You got on pole and you won. And that's a lot of emotion for someone to carry, I'd imagine. For sure. I mean, I think, to be honest, the best thing for me was being at the racetrack in a race car because it took my mind off everything that was challenging me away from the track. And I could just focus on what I love to do and that's to be in a race car. So that was just fantastic to be there. And it was, so far, it's ended up being the last of the uh, supercar rounds at that fantastic track. But it was a great way to leave there with with a win and, and a pole position. So, yeah, to, to think that it wasn't that long beforehand that I was in hospital and um, and we got back on the track and, and had some great results was, was uh, pretty incredible. And with that, I don't know, are you the emotional type? I mean, is it um, a celebration? Is it relief? Is it, as I said, you've got so many contrasting emotions in your own mind at this point in your life. Did you did it spill over or you keep it, you internalise that sort of stuff? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's, at the time, I probably I probably just focused on the racing side of thing and, and um, 
my competitiveness side there was probably what was driving me. But uh, as I, I guess when I look back on it, yeah, it feels um, yeah pretty pretty special that we could do that. It's coming to an end. Only a couple of corners remaining. Tom Randall, he's had a clear run there after Brody Castigny went up the escape rope at turn four, but this is going to be a great moment for the 16. He has been so deserving of this. And he slides his way to victory here in Adelaide, drawing inspiration from Jason Richards, who did just this in Super 2 in 2011. That's an incredible story. Thomas Randall, you've got guts, mate. You've got serious guts. But I just try to look forward now and mm. and um, and look to the next race. And and as they say, you're only as good as your last event. So <laughs> just got to. Um, that that was kind of that mentality after that round. And I just really wanted to win the Super Two title in 2020, depending on what was happening in the background. Which you did, of course, which was amazing. And you followed in the illustrious footsteps of, you know, Scotty McLaughlin, Mark Winterbottom, Cam Waters. I mean, was it a bit of a blur? Is it a bit of a blur looking back at this at this point, coming in and out of the, the racetrack with everything going on? A little bit. And, and not only that, Sam, you also got to look at the year in general. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was the first year of, of the COVID-19 pandemic interrupting the world. And so there was that to deal with, not just my... Uh, not just myself that had to deal with it, but everyone. And then I guess for myself, I also had all my you know, appointments and, and stuff with what, what I was dealing with off the track. So there was quite a lot going on. And um, to think how it ended probably couldn't have ended in a, in a better way. Tom Randall has driven beautifully today, extending that championship lead. Will he be the champion for 2020? I wanted to ask you about Bathurst last year. You teamed up with Nick Perkett, of, of course, and it was the last race before you, you went home for some scans and, again, um, you know, some more surgery and chemo and whatnot. Uh, did you know when you raced on the mountain that, that that's what was ahead of you straight after that particular race? I did, yeah. I knew probably three weeks before the Bathurst 1000 that I was going to be home, uh, going home to more surgery. So, yeah, I... I just wanted to. I didn't want to think about it on the race weekend. Yeah, but I knew that it was it was happening. So yeah, there was certainly a lot going on, and that was also the same weekend that we clinched the Super Two title. So there was a lot of, um, I guess, triumph within tragedy, you could say. <laughs> it's also a Mike Cable Award winner, so best young driver in Britain and Australia. Part of his rise through the ranks for Tom Randall. He was very quick in just about every single category that he's driven in. And presenting your winner here on the mountain for Sky Sands and Matt White Motorsport, here's Tom Randall. Yeah, and I guess the importance of just keeping the blinkers on and, as you say, just constantly looking forward and focusing on the things you can control at the times you can control them. But that would have really tested that sort of resolve to the extreme, I'd imagine. Exactly. And and as I said a bit earlier on, I think the best place for me is at a racetrack and... I knew leading into Bathurst that I was going to have to do the, the, the surgery, but I was just focused on keeping fit, keep my training up, and being in the best space and had the best prep possible going into the last race of the year. 
And just on it being the best place for you to be, I guess, did you come to learn, Thomas, about how much uh, of a tonic motorsport can be for you? I guess pre all of these health concerns, you're ambitious, you're driven, you're all about the win. And okay, you're still driving to be the best you can be during this time in your life. But did it take on a greater meaning almost, a sense of well-being or a carrot or a motivation to keep fighting this thing and to come out the other side? Well, I guess what it's made me sit back and realise, I guess, how lucky I am to be here. I mean, life, life is a very precious thing and, and going through what I went through has made me realise that. And with the opportunity that I've been given, um, I guess I don't want to just sit back and, and, and smell the roses. I also want to take this opportunity with both hands and uh, make sure that it's worthwhile and I can do everything in my control to make sure I maximise that opportunity. And, and at the end of the day, I just, I love this sport. I, I love racing. It's my happy place, driving the race car. And it, it just puts everything else that, that's, I guess, going on in my world, puts that out. And I can just focus on the job at hand and, and enjoy what I love most. You're with This Is Your Journey, and it's brought to you by Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. You can visit them online at tobinbrothers.com.au. We'll be back with Thomas Randall right after this. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Hello, we hope you're enjoying this week's edition of This Is Your Journey. We're with Supercars Young Gun, Thomas Randall. So, Thomas, you obviously, you start chemo in December last year and it finished on New Year's Day at the start of uh, this year, which would have made the festive and Christmas period Really tough, I'm sure, but you wanted to rip into it and you had lots of family support. Now, your old man might have shaved your head, but then he turned around and took his own locks off as well, which must have been great. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was quite um, quite a fun little uh, skit we did and um, it was cool. He said, well, if you're not going to run any hair, I won't run any either. So um, we had a bit of fun there and, and it, was, it was great for me because I had someone else that was, doing the same thing as me and, and no better person than my dad. So, yeah, he was – him and mum were uh, – and my um, – well, my whole family were yeah, right by my side and I didn't I didn't force my mum to do it. <laughs> just, <laughs> just said uh, – that well, dad volu- voluntary – oh, dad volunteered to join me. So that was, that was cool. Beautiful. And, look, you're fit and firing now and you're fit and healthy at the top of your game. But – if you're comfortable back then, I mean, the toll that chemo takes on your body is a fit professional athlete. I mean, how weak did you actually become? I think you got a dog and, and even maybe playing fetch with the dog might have been a challenge for you at times. It was, yeah. So I, I got the dog actually before Bathurst. In, I was up in Queensland before Bathurst last year, staying out of COVID-ridden Melbourne. And uh, I got the dog up there and um, probably one of the best things I've, I've well, yeah, I love, I love my dog and um, I couldn't even I couldn't even throw a ball to him. That's how weak I was, and um, yeah, it was a very very challenging period. But my trainer Heath Meldrum really helped me get back to the fitness where I am today. And um, yeah, it's just been uh, great to feel fit again. And I, to be honest, I probably feel fitter now than I ever have felt. 
Yeah, right. That's great. And I reckon that feeling of you're not on your own must be so huge. And the Peter McCallum Centre, how vital were they at this particular time? Oh, extremely. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to be where I am today without them. And just all of the staff at Peter Mac, my surgeon, oncologist, and all the nurses, uh, just fill me with so much confidence and uh, support. And, I mean, it's, <laughs> you always, to be honest, you leave that place feeling worse than you did when you got there, but that's just what happens with the, with the, with the, the treatment. Mm. But, yeah, I wouldn't be here now. Um, feeling how I am if I didn't have that support and and they're just brilliant. But the fact that you know they, they can <laughs> they know what to do when um, I mean they're the experts. And one thing that really hit home for me was I guess how many other people are going through what I'm going through and how many people get treated every day. I mean, it, it's sad to think that 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 place is full every day, uh, and that's only one one. Um, I guess one institute out of so many others in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, and, and listening to you talk about racing being your happy place, this probably doesn't surprise me as much now as what it did when I was reading up on you. So I think it was twenty days after your final chemo treatment, you you're given permission, you're allowed to race down in Tasmania, the S five thousand open wheel. And now I'm not sure how you were even able to get behind the wheel, but safe to say there must have been low expectations going down there, Thomas. <laughs> well, we I actually said well dad and I said to each other look if I can't even handle practice then um, then we'll go home and uh, manage to just get through practice and qualifying the, and the first race I was as red as a tomato but I just sort of pushed through and, and we managed to somehow win the feature race and uh, I mean the, the strength sort of came back quicker than what I was expecting I mean I was still extremely unfit at that point and my heart rate, my average heart rate was about 20 to 30 BPM higher than it normally would be. So there was, yeah, a lot going on. And I mean, I was still very pale in the face back then. I mean, I was, yeah, had no hair and all that sort of stuff. So it's a completely different contrast to how I'm feeling right now. So, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty incredible. And one thing it actually made me think was, I guess it, it sort of put any doubt as, to, well, it, stopped, it, it shut up all the all the doubters, and and that included myself as well. That mm. okay, I, I can still do this, and uh, this this uh, this won't stop me. What a moment it's going to be for Tom Randall as he sets sail for home. There'll be some emotion attached to this. His dad, Dean Randall, is here. He's a champion race car driver in his own right. The story of Thomas Randall has been well told. He's one of our great rising stars of the sport. But the personal challenges he has faced has been incredible. But he's knocked off cancer and he's knocked off the field in the VHTS 5000 Australian Drivers' Championship. Tom Randall with a famous victory at Simmons Plains. Incredible. Yeah, we all need that validation, don't we? It doesn't matter how confident we are. And I, I don't know, does that live on as one of your most treasured wins? It'd be up there, absolutely. I mean... I think um, to, to the, with the backstory, yes. If it was if it was just an ordinary race that I hadn't been through what I'd been through, it would just well, it would still be a pretty cool win. But um, knowing how I got there and what I'd been through in the, in the 
month leading up to it, yeah, it would, it would be up there with probably one of my most treasured wins. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Last one on the C word, uh, if you don't mind. You're, you, this is an important one, though. You're now on the Youth Cancer Action Board. I think there's only a dozen members on it, and you're all young, between the ages, I think, of 15 and, and 25, and you've all gone through a diagnosis. So what's that mean to you? And I guess, do you now feel like you have some sort of responsibility as a cancer survivor? Not something you perhaps thought you'd be, or obviously wanted, an ambassador for cancer, but... You are that now for so many people, I suppose, looking for looking for guidance in their darkest times. I'm honoured, really, and and it's it's more being on that board is to help those young adolescent cancer patients that are in that age bracket between you know, the ages of 15 and uh, and 25, where you're not you're not an adult, but you're not a child, and it's kind of a it's a window, an age bracket where you can get a little bit lost and not know what to do. So, yeah, it's nice to, to be able to have a say and, and it to, to mean something. And, I mean, to hear the stories of the other members on the board, yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible that what they've been able to get through as well. I mean, there are some heroes out there and, you know, what they say, not all heroes wear capes. Yeah. So that, that's what I find at, at, uh, at Peter Mac and, and it's great to be in that environment and, and hopefully I can I can give back as well. Can't imagine the perspective it's given you either, Thomas, to be honest, like uh, how it might change you going forward as a professional athlete and just make you a more, uh, you know, well-rounded individual really at the, at the end of the day. Well, that, well yeah, I, I, I kind of, I, I just look at it as, as a fact that I just want to help those that helped me or other young adolescents that are going through a cancer diagnosis and, and don't know what to do because I was in that position at one stage, not that long ago, and there were times there that, that I wish that I had some guidance that uh, I didn't get at the time. So if, if I could just help in, in some small way, then that would be that would be great. That's oh, magnificent. It's been great to have your company here on This Is Your Journey. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. It's Bathurst Day, so we're going to talk about Thomas Randall's relationship with the mountain and a huge year in supercars coming up in 2022. That's up next. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. It's been great to have your company here on This Is Your Journey. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. And Thomas Randall has been our guest today. So, Tom, you went on this year to earn a three-race wildcard appearance, of course, for Tickford Racing. You are able to join the Supercars Main Series for three appearances. Now, you jagged top ten finishes at Tail and Bend in South Australia, Hidden Valley in Darwin, and Sydney was wiped out with the weather. So who knows what would have happened there. But that must have been, speaking of validation earlier, great validation and a great boost for what's to come. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, we were pushing pretty hard to try and get a full-time drive this year. But as they say, one door closes, another door opens. And this has been a, a perfect way to prepare myself for my full-time debut next year. So there's, yeah, so many people I'm going to thank that, that have got me there. I mean, the team, Tickford Racing, Castrol, uh, ACT Fence, I heard Steel, 
uh, all the all the supporters and sponsors that got me for those got me onto the grid for those three rounds. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think we proved a point and uh, hopefully showed that we deserve to be there. And um, yeah, I just can't wait to get stuck in it next year. I mean, to to say that I'll be a full time driver is is uh, pretty special considering uh, the last the last twelve to twenty four months. Oh, it's amazing. So in June, you were told that, yep, you'd be full-time for Tickford for 2022. You're unveiling your, your new car at Mount Panorama this week. I mean, life must be, gee, life must be pretty bloody good right about now, I'd reckon. <laughs> Look, it, it's certainly been worse, that's for sure. So I, um, yeah, I just want to sort of try and stick it all in and, and yeah, we'll be revealing our, our new uh, livery uh, this week at Bathurst and, um yeah, I just want to hit the ground running next year, and I think that's where the wildcard program has been really good because there's been procedures and and little things here and there that I've been able to learn. And whenever I've made a mistake uh, in the wildcard, it hasn't really cost too much because I haven't been going through any championship positions or championship points. So, kind of the perfect moment to iron out all those bugs so I can hit the ground running. And I've got some great teammates as well that I can learn off. So I just want to go into next year as a bit of a wet sponge and absorb as much information as I can and then put that uh, to good effect. Your relationship with Mount Panorama, I mean, when I say the words Bathurst 1000, what sort of emotion does it invoke in you, Thomas? Oh, it's it's just a special place, really, Sam. I mean, the television doesn't do it justice. And every time you drive into this precinct, uh, you just get chills, and every time you walk it, it just feels doesn't feel any less daunting every time you go around. So it's 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 there's a reason why it's called the Great Race, and and it, it's um it's a magical place. And I think when I was a child, I used to always watch on the couch with Dad, and yeah. I'll never forget when when Ambrose and Murphy came together up at the cutting. That was a <laughs> iconic moment here in history. And this will be my third Bathurst 1000 as a co-driver. Next year will be my first one as a full-time driver. But, yeah, it doesn't get any less challenging. And and uh, I think it's it's one of those races where the mountain chooses who wins. So we've just got to do everything we can right, not make any mistakes, and I guess see where we come out the other end. Yeah. Gee, my old man always had Bathurst on on a Sunday. I can remember it vividly. And and you watching as a as a young fellow, those iconic races from yesteryear, who did you find yourself barracking for? Because uh, you, you can't help but gravitate to someone, Thomas. Oh, that's a good question. I think I was all... Oh, actually, <laughs> I used to have HRT posters when I was a kid, so <laughs> probably probably shouldn't be saying that, but that's true. I, I did have those posters, and I was a bit of a... I think I was a bit of a lounge fan as a kid, and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, we probably might need to tell Lounge about at some point. But <laughs> um, yeah, look, there's, there's been some yeah iconic moments. I mean, you go back to the seventies when you had the the one two with the with the um, with the Colin Bond and um, and Alan Moffat. So that's a moment that not many people will forget. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. What about your debut in the 1000? I think it was with, was it Lee Holdsworth? So back in 2019 in a Ford, I think you snared a top 10, didn't you? What are your memories of your, your first time around there in anger? Well, I was um, sort of crapping my pants, to be honest, because I didn't start the race. I was the first stint. So I, I joined the race on, I think, lap 20, 
four. And I remember when Lee came into the pit lane and he was all the way down the other end rolling in and, and I'm standing standing ready to jump in and I was I was pretty nervous, not gonna lie, because it was yeah, it's such a big race and you actually kind of forget how big it is until that Sunday morning. Sort of leading up to the weekend, it just feels like feels like a normal race weekend, but then that Sunday morning, and then when you do that driver's parade, it's kind of like, yeah, right, okay, <laughs> we're here, we're at the big one, and just sort of had to calm the nerves down, and, and look, the race went pretty well. I think we actually had the potential to finish probably top top three or top five, but there were, yeah, a few circumstances out of our control that, um, yeah, changed that, but uh, either way, I had a I had a ball and and to say that I was part of the Bathurst one or to say I, I've been part of the Bathurst one thousand is is something that not many people can say and I look back to when I was a kid watching it on the TV and and you think how many spectators there are that would kill to drive one of these cars so um yeah very very fortunate to to be able to drive one in the great race. Uh, forever on the resume. And then last year, with everything going on with yourself individually, you had Nick Perk out as a teammate. I think some mechanical gremlins pretty much right throughout the day, but I guess that's the sport, isn't it? That is it, yeah. And and the, the, the mountain's pretty tough on, on the cars, and the teams work tirelessly to get these things right for this track. So, um, yeah, we'll just... Fingers crossed, all goes well. And I know the team have done the best job they can in, in preparing the cars for this race, because a thousand Ks on the cars, plus all the running we do in all the six practice sessions, qualifying, top ten shootout. It's a lot of mileage on the cars and um yeah. May the best man and machine win on, on Sunday. Yeah, and so your man and machine is teaming up with a former series champion in James Courtney in the Ford Mustang of course for, for Tickford Racing. You reckon you're a decent shot? Absolutely. Yeah. I would wouldn't be uh, sitting here if I didn't think we were. So James is an ex-champion of the sport. He's been on the podium here a few times. Never got the win. So hopefully this is our year. And, and yeah, he's very, very good pair of hands. He's quick and he knows his track like back his hands. So um, James and I have sort of also been on that. We've come from the same sort of European open wheel of Rouse. And um, there's a lot of similarities there. So I'm looking forward to working with him and, and doing the best job I can for him. And, and also for the same. Just on the European scene and racing here, Thomas, I mean, you've raced on some of the most iconic circuits in the world. I mean, how do you, how high do you hold something like Mount Panorama? Where does it fit in the scheme of things? Oh, it's up there. Yeah, it'd be in the top three, that's for sure. I mean, it probably wouldn't be far away from being the top. So it's, yeah. this track has everything in it. It has high speed, slow speed, medium speed. It's got undulation like you wouldn't believe unless you came here as i said earlier this watching on the tv doesn't doesn't do the elevation here justice i mean one lap in a in a, in a road car and you you appreciate the topography of of mount panorama so um yeah your concrete lined walls it's similar to feels a little bit similar to not that i've raced there but similar to macau and which is a, a street circuit very fast street circuit very long and uh, and high speed so yeah it's the race of attrition and one momentary lapse of concentration and, and it can be all over and that, that's that's the crazy thing about our sport mm. where other sports you make a mistake and you can still win win a, win a match for example in afl 
you miss a set shot in, in the first quarter, you could still go on and win by 50 points. But you make a mistake here and, and your day's done. And just on that then, I'm constantly amazed at how, you know, um, sportsmen and women like jockeys keep themselves fit and the sacrifices they make away from the track to perform week in and week out. How do you prepare for something as arduous as this? What's involved with the physical program to get to the start line? There's a lot of endurance training. That, that's kind of the main thing. We, we don't need to, I mean, we need to be relatively strong, but it's not like a bodybuilder where they need to be strong for a minute or two. We need to be strong for, for a long period of time. So it's more about repetition in the gym. And then also, look, I do a lot of bike riding, running. Um, so, yeah, because well, we're in the car for so long, it gets very hot as well. And if you're not physically strong, then it's, uh, it hinders your mental strength and your mental capacity. And, and the mental capacity is almost, well, it's more a mental game than a physical game. So you just need to make sure you're physically uh, in check and mentally strong as well. So, but my role this weekend as a co-driver is purely just to be solid, bring the car home, don't lose position if I can, gain a spot here or there, and uh, and and try and be as quick as possible. You know, it's it's uh, it sounds easy, doesn't it? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Very easy. Hey, but also yeah. just on the we- uh, the weather, I suppose it's the first time the race is is going to be held in December, of course. So. You would have thought humidity, and, uh, humidity and the temperature will be a factor, but I think Mother Nature's been pretty kind to you on the forecast. Maybe a top of uh, nineteen. Yeah, I think. Well, it's looking like there's going to be a bit of wet weather hanging around. I think Sunday looks looks like the perfect Bathurst day, about nineteen, twenty degrees and sunny. I think the hotter part of the year is more that late January, early February, where where we unfortunately sort of see when the bushfires uh, or the bushfire period here in Australia. So. I think early December is okay-ish, so it's just great that we can have fans back in the track and we can almost have a full capacity crowd. That, that's that's the best bit because last year it just was not the same without without the, the crowd and the atmosphere just wasn't there like it like it normally is. So it's a credit to everyone, you know, all, all the governments and 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 the public for you know staying safe getting a jab, and and uh, I can't wait to see everyone out in full force across the weekend. I've got to ask you, though, Thomas, what, what would what would winning mean to you and to your family with all the water that's gone under the bridge and the struggle to get to the here and now? Do you, when you put your head down on the pillow at night, do you, do you think about it? Oh, it would mean everything, Sam, and this is what, we work, this is what I've worked for for my whole life. I mean, I started in go-karts when I was seven. I'm, I'm 25 now. And it's a race that can change your career for the better or the worse. And if you win the race, I mean, it can set you up for, for a long time. So that's, that's why, one of the reasons why the race means so much to everyone. And I just hope that come Sunday afternoon, James and I can be the ones in the top step. And regardless of what happens, obviously, at Bathurst, you go into next year having won in every car, and every category of racing, whether that's here or in Europe, you know, speaking to you, you're going to be enormously popular if you're not already in the sport for everything that's happened and going forward. I mean, what are you capable of? What do you think you're capable of next year when you go full-time? Sky the limit? It's got, exactly. Sky's the limit. I mean, I'm in the same car as my teammates, so I just want to learn as much as I can off them. And as we've seen this year, I mean, Will Brown, a rookie, won, 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 won a main game race. So anything's possible. 
and I just want to go into next year with an open mind, be as best prepared as I can going into the first round, and and we'll see what happens. I mean, anything can happen, and that is the nature of motorsport. So we'll just I'll just try and do everything right in my control, and we'll see what happens because. I can't underestimate the competition in supercars. It is, to me, it's the most competitive tin top championship in the world. And when I lived in the UK, everyone loves our category. They can't hmm. stop talking about it. So, yeah, we're very fortunate to have this this category and, and it being so competitive. Thomas, thanks so much for donating your time today. I mean, your rise may have been momentarily halted, but it's all about the old adage, you know, whatever doesn't kill me, and you know the rest. Just can't wait to see you in action next season. Well done on all you've done to get to this point, and best of luck for, for later on today and what's still to come, which is plenty. Thanks so much for joining us. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you for joining us also. You've been listening to This Is Your Journey for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. You can jump online to find them at tobinbrothers.com.au. And we'll catch you the next time we celebrate another great sporting story. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.